0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sam Beam, and I'm glad you joined me today on this wonderful episode. We are wrapping up our systems series as we look at um, how to create effective systems for us. Um, so I think it's going to be super cool. I'm super excited. Um, as we are going into the Christmas season and the last hurrah of the year, I'm hoping uh, these episodes can help you look inward at your ministry and at yourself. Um, and look ways that you can help yourself grow. So before we jump in, I want to talk about our shout-out. Once again, going to Jim Weidman because he is the systems guru. Go check that dude out. Um, He's got a ton of great books and great content to help you grow as a leader in your ministry. Uh, So here we go. um, At the risk of sounding like a terrible person and a terrible pastor, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am really bad with people. I'm terrible with people. Uh, let's just say homeschooled Eagle Scout kind of sums up my personality. I am um, awful um, at being intentional with people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of hard as a pastor uh, to do that, right? Um, ADHD and all, it just uh, ties into a lot uh, of things. And so um, it it's just ain't it for me. I ain't good at interacting with people. Um, so if I'm being honest, like remembering and wanting to fulfill my personal ministry duties as a pastor can be a challenge. Um, and some of us probably know what I'm talking about, right? Some of us are like, oh, gosh, yeah. Like, I just, like, sometimes, like, I, like I'm like i personally a heavy introvert. Um, uh, people make me tired. Uh, but I'm a pastor. And so w- what, is it, what does it mean? And, and if you don't know what I mean, don't tune me out. We're getting there. Um, uh, I'm just uh, talking personally here. Like, I struggle with the relational side of ministry sometimes because of my personality. Uh, and let's be real. We, we all... Are there somewhere? We all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. And people, like I said, are my biggest weakness. And that's kind of glaring in ministry because, like, it's like, well, wait, isn't that your job? Um, but we'll get there. Um, but, but, like, for me, planning and prepping can be a huge strength. Sometimes uh, uh, I can get, I, I can work really efficiently. Um, If I need to, Um, I get ahead of curriculum and all of that. And so like I have the strengths um, and then I have these weaknesses. And my point in talking about this is that we have strengths and weaknesses. But how do we create a way, a system to help us balance the strengths and weaknesses in our ministry? Um, While I would personally love, Samuel Bean would love to teach every week. Uh, and be more than content to plan the curriculum, schedule all this stuff, Um, having one-on-one conversation in the hallway uh, can turn my stomachs. And I can't tell you how many times I have turned and walked the opposite way to avoid a conversation with somebody uh, because I didn't want to. Uh, So how do I... Balance that? How does Sam Beam in his flesh, in his sinful desires uh, of comfort and peace, how do I balance that as a pastor, as somebody who said that my job is to love people? How do I balance that? Ministry is a lot of things. And we need to be able to balance those things. So we're going to look at a few ways that we can create systems. Uh, And I'm not really talking about writing on paper and and that stuff, but uh, create systems for uh, ourselves as leaders, as pastors, as people uh, walking through this life. Uh, The last two weeks we've been talking about systems for weekly works, uh, systems for large events. And so how do we create a system uh, in our lives. Uh, The question I hope to answer today is how do we build our ministry and the people around us uh, around our weaknesses? How do we create a system of ministry that doesn't ignore our inabilities but helps them, right? Uh, I think our biggest uh, mistakes in ministry is to just say, oh, that's not my gifting, so I'll move on. Uh, I give you my example because if I were to say, oh, Personal relationships aren't my gifting, so I'll move on. Ugh, that doesn't work in ministry, guys. Uh, and so, just because you say, "Oh, event planning isn't my uh, strength," so I'm just gonna like kind of keep it on the down low, or or keeping things organized isn't my strength, and so people can just kind of go with the flow with me. Like, no, that that's not gonna work in a long-term ministry setting. So, here's the first thing that I think we need to do is we need to create a system. Of accountability in our ministry and in our work. Uh, The first system we want to create when balancing our ministry is accountability. The reality is Sam, if he does not want to do something, often will not, right? Um, Varying things in my personality um, can sometimes leave me like literally paralyzed. Some days I like stare at my computer screen because I don't want to do the next thing in my uh, to-do list. Thanks ADHD. Uh, But I need people to push me. I need accountability. Uh, and as a pastor, I'm held to a higher standard, um, and it is important to stick to that. And so when I say create a system of accountability, I, uh, it looks like having a few different things. Uh, the first is have those people who are above you hold you to that standard right um uh, for me it's, it's several people it's co-workers we have a weekly meeting uh in our next gen team where we talk about some of the things that we're doing in our ministry how we're recruiting how we're growing our ministry and growing others in christ um it's also senior and executive pastor we just had a meeting um and we are uh, basically they said hey we want to know your goals for 2023 we want to set those goals and we want to keep you accountable um, or, or whoever it is in your ministry context, um, having them uh, hold you accountable is important. And hopefully that's not in like a, I'm in a, I'm your boss, do your work kind of way, um, because there's a lot of different leadership cultures, but hopefully in a way that pushes you outside of your comfort zone and encourages you to grow. Um, and so if you don't have that type of accountability amongst your coworkers, amongst your senior leaders, um, maybe it's time to ask about that. And I know like that's probably one of the hardest things to do is like, hey, I want you to hold me accountable to do work that I may or may not really want to do. But it is important as pastors, as followers of Jesus, we are not called to a comfortable life. And so having that is important. And so, like I said, this can look like yearly goals for your ministry that you share with somebody um, and have them check in on you every few weeks or months. Um, it can also look like uh, talking about an area of weakness um, and asking for support, asking for guidance and prayer. Right, uh, our culture in our uh, ministry is really open, and so there's like people that that everyone knows you can go to for certain issues. And so, like, we've got a great um, administrative uh, person in our ministry, and so it's like whenever we're dealing like, oh gosh, we got this big sign up or whatever, it's like we're gonna go talk to her. Uh, or, or we've got uh, somebody who's just really great at breaking down hard issues. And so I was like, all right, let's sit down and talk through this. And so who are those people? And uh, in, in depending on your church context, this might be in or outside of your staff. It could be a, a elder or a deacon at your church. It could be a, a business leader that you know uh, is attending and bought into your ministry. Uh, I think the biggest lie I believed in and still have to fight is that because I'm a pastor— that I can't be weak or I can't uh, have inabilities or, or I can't uh, be f- nervous or have anxiety. Like, that wasn't an option. And I thought, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Philippians 4, 13, this bad boy. Uh, and then watched uh, my ministry suffer in areas that, <laughs> that I couldn't do. Uh, So, don't believe that lie. It's okay to struggle. It is okay to lack confidence. It is okay to need help and admit that you are not capable in certain areas. God did not create us to be perfect in all of these areas. And so, to not acknowledge that is to really not acknowledge um, that we are human and that we need help. And it is important. So, number one, guys, find people that can hold you accountable. And figure out how to create a system of a regular accountability, help, guidance, encouragement, prayer. All of those things are important. If you're not having weekly meetings where you're talking about ministry growth and if you're not having like a quarterly check-in with your leadership on how it's going, then I encourage you to find ways to implement that into your ministry. Number two is create a system of support. Create a system of support. Uh, um, And this comes in two ways. Uh, support personally um, and support in your ministry. First, just like with accountability, we need others to support us. Um, this support, uh, if I were to give any advice, should be outside of your co workers, outside of the church staff, um, and, and uh, somewhere where you can openly talk about things that you're struggling with. Um, uh, for us, this is uh, our D groups. Or our life groups. Oh, I think we just rebranded all of our life groups, and I might have just done like a sin in our staff. Um, I hope none of them listen to that. But our life groups, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it varies. It can be married couples. Uh, for me right now, uh, our life group is uh, six uh, gentlemen, uh, and we meet on Tuesday mornings. And every Tuesday morning, um, I am filled and uh, supported. Uh, I am prayed for, uh, and we dive into God's Word together. Um, and we fulfill each other spiritually and personally growing and hearing prayer requests and uh, talking about uh, little, little League baseball. But, but this is one of the sweetest times of my week. Uh, it comes on a Tuesday, which is great. Um, because it just helps me throughout the rest of the week. It fills me up. I leave these meetings ready to go. and and I'm gonna be honest, if you don't have this kind of support, you need to find it and make it consistent. A strong group of Christians coming together to mutually support and build each other up can have a profound impact on your ministry. Um, even though it has very little, like, Practical connection, right? Ministry is is teaching others and uh, systems and a curriculum. And you may think, oh, this doesn't really uh, impact. It it does. It has a huge impact um, on your ministry because for us to pour out into others, we need to be filled. When you have a group praying for you and growing you and pushing you and supporting you in the areas that you need on a regular basis, you're going to be amazed at the impact it has on your ministry. Uh, the second, you want to create a support, system of support within your ministry, and so uh, what this looks like is a group of strong, wise, committed volunteers and leaders that support you. Who are your go-to people? Who is going to be there every week, every event, every time you need it? You can always count on them. And are you encouraging and pushing them um, and letting them know their importance, right? With these people, uh, figure out a way that they can support you. Right? I've got uh, five or six leaders that I can think of off the top of my head that support me in areas that I struggle with. Right, um, And the reality is when you create a team of people, you create a diverse ability of giftings. And so you know how we talked about earlier, we've got weaknesses. Guys, God is putting people in your ministry to support those weaknesses very specifically. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like, uh, what it looks like to take these volunteers who are there and bought into your ministry and turn them into gifts uh, for yourself and gifts uh, to help grow your ministry. Um, so the first thing we want to do is identify the weak areas in our lives, Sam Beam. He's really weak in social connections sometimes and needs help uh, being consistent with that and needs help uh, with with other people helping with that. Um, so... What does that look like for me? That looks like identifying volunteers in my ministry that are really good at this, um, and 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 so for you guys, what does that look like? Uh, here's a hint: knowing their job is a really good indicator uh, on whether or not they can help you out. So, like for example, I've got a um, an awesome volunteer, and she is a fitness. Uh, instructor, She teaches classes and all of that. And so instantly, I know in my head, you know what? She's going to be really good at engaging a group um, and getting them to participate. You know what? She's going to lead my games, right? And so that is, I know what she does, and I can use her gifting. Um, and then you have to make the ask. Um, I promise you, if the volunteers already committed and showing up consistently and ready to serve, then they would love to see the ministry grow, especially if it's a way that suits their gifts, guys. If we are saying, like, oh, my gosh, you are so gifted at co- communicating, I would love for you to teach. And they love to communicate, and they get to teach. Like, that is a win-win. Uh, I'm going to use my wife as an example because she recently did something. Um, my wife... Um, Is God's gift to me because she is the opposite when it comes to social interactions. She'll say she's not great, but she is one of the most intentional and relational people I know. Uh, Like, we literally joke around with her because she regularly just makes people cry in public because she's just intentionally having a conversation with them, and is really awesome. She loves the ministry as well, and so where I struggle uh, to be intentional, Uh, she takes the slack and she runs with it. Um, I've been able to champion her and support her as she's grown. Um, and so like, she is really great at connecting with parents, especially. And so she has gotten me so many sporting calendars and band, uh, concerts and all of this. And she's like, Hey, don't forget Tuesday night, we're going to go see so-and-so at the fields. Um, And we have been able to go and build relationships with parents and students by showing up and being available. Uh, Or she set up recently a parent breakfast where she got to have conversations with parents and see the needs. And that's something that I just wouldn't have been able to do, um, not even really on my radar. And she just did it because she loves that ministry. Now, she's my wife, and she's also more bought in than most Uh, But what does that look like? Who are people that can fill in the areas that you will need help with, right? What is your weakness? Is your weakness scheduling volunteers every week in the right spot? Is your weakness uh, editing curriculum so that it's engaging and also inclusive for uh, your context and your ministry? Uh, Is it recruitment? Is it, um, you know, organization? What is it? I promise you, if you've got a group of volunteers helping you, you've got people who have got giftings in those areas. So start with one person grab a coffee together, sit down, share where you need help, and let them come up with the solutions. Uh, the reality is as we are creating a support system in our ministry for ourselves, uh, giving people ownership um, allows them to not only buy into the ministry, but uh, feel that sort of uh, the ownership and that need in the ministry area uh, just sells them even more. It, it, it lets them uh, feel the needs um, and feel how much they are needed. Uh, then create a system with them, right? We went over uh, systems for, like, uh, weekly needs, and so maybe go over that system and create a system that works best with them. Uh, we want to really be careful not to overburden our, our volunteers, and we want to be careful not to leave them out to dry. I've done both of those, and it doesn't end well. I don't want to skip over this. Like, if someone feels like they're being asked for too much or they feel like they've been forgotten... Um, you will lose them. And and then you won't just lose someone helping in an area of weakness. You lose a great volunteer altogether. If we are overburdening uh, a few select volunteers with these huge tasks, they're going to end up leaving, and now you've lost a volunteer and a huge help. Um, So make sure you're balancing that. And then if you give somebody a task and then just leave them out to dry, then they will feel like you've really just ignored them um, and that you didn't really care and you can lose volunteers that way as well. So whether it's a monthly meeting, a weekly text, or whatever, keep up with your volunteers. Um, make sure that uh, they're still happy with where they're at. Check in on them regularly and champion and appreciate them. Finally, number three, uh, create a system of growth. Uh, we want to create a system of growth in our ministry. Uh, it, and, and once again... Uh, personally and ministerially. That's like a big word. I think that's right, ministerially. Uh, But personally, we want to create a system of growth for ourselves. Um, And so that looks like regular rhythms and systems of doing things that grow us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? Right. Um, you need to you need to look at all of these different areas in your life because you as a human need to grow, right You cannot stay stagnant. Um, right? God says, if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. We don't want to stay in the middle. We want to grow and be on fire for the Lord. And so that requires um, regular rhythms of growth. and we need a regular growth weekly, monthly, yearly, Right. For me, a system of spiritual growth that I apply weekly, that is a crucial part of my ministry, is my Sabbath. Guys, I have podcasts on that. Please go listen to those. Uh, like That is one of my convictions as a Christian, um, is the importance of a weekly Sabbath. Uh, no, not a weekly day off, but a weekly day um, where I unplug, where I do things that I enjoy and I worship the Lord. Right? Uh, I stop, rest, delight, and worship God. Um, it can look like regularly scheduled quiet times, um, for our ministry, we actually have quarterly retreat days, uh, where they say, do you take a day, don't come into the office and go retreat with the Lord, right? And so for me, that looks like once a quarter, usually I will go hiking somewhere, uh, spend the time uh, just praying to the Lord, uh, seeking his guidance for the quarter, uh, resting in what he has to offer me, um, or, or reading his word, or, or listening to, to to whatever it is. But uh, So like weekly, I grow myself through Sabbath, and quarterly, I want to grow myself through these quiet times. Uh, it can look like finding spiritual disciplines that you need to add into your life. Uh, there's a great... Uh, resource that I use quite often. Uh, it's called Practicing the Ways. It's just really started, um, but but they are going through things called Rule of Life Sabbaths, actually, the first one of those. I might link that down below as well. Uh, but but they, um, they go through these spiritual disciplines, and uh, it, it's easy to think like, oh, I don't want to be legalistic, uh, but uh, th- there are ways that we can discipline ourselves, help us grow as Christians and followers of Jesus. Um, that is not legalistic. Uh, and the great part is that uh, as you grow yourself personally uh, through uh, your, your time with the Lord, through uh, regular days away, uh, through uh, books, through quiet times, and through all of that, that you've got support and accountability from step one and two, right? Uh, that can help you grow in these areas. Uh, I have to remind myself all the time. Uh, My spiritual life and my ministry life are not separate. Uh, This is another confession. You're getting open raw Samuel over here. Uh, But, like, sometimes it's easy to separate. Like, this is my spiritual time. My morning quiet time is my spiritual time. And then I'm going to go do ministry time where, like, I work for the lord but for some reason they're separate and i think it's easy to slip into that into ministry but no my ministry and my spirit are connected right Uh, my ministry should overflow from my spirit and if i'm not feeding my spirit how can i expect to feed my ministry the second area is that we need to create systems to grow our ourselves and our ministry. Uh, growing your ministry by growing yourself is important. So, like listening to this podcast, you're doing great, right? You're, this is a great start. Uh, but don't limit yourself to that. Okay, please, please, please don't limit yourself to me. I am not the leading expert on anything, so... Uh, go find some people that know what they're talking about. Uh, but but what does that look like? Uh, for me, uh, I want to try and attend at least one ministry conference a year. I make it to a few, and that's great. Um, I want to regularly, I I always want to have a ministry book to read. I have usually about three books. I have like a spiritual growth book I'm reading. I have a ministry growth book reading. And then I have a pleasure book that I'm reading. And so I I keep it balanced and I'm able to read uh, and not wear myself out. Uh, But maybe it's uh, watching online seminars, talking with other leaders in your community. How can you grow yourself as a leader and as a minister um, and then apply what you learn? Every time you finish a resource, write down your goals. Write down a way that you want to apply what you've learned because it's really easy to hear all of these great things at a uh, conference or read a book that really changes the way you see ministry, and then you do nothing with it. Uh, So find ways to apply that into your ministry. Um, Secondly, grow your entire ministry. Identify what needs uh, to grow. And set those goals, right? Uh, like I said, we just had a meeting with our uh, executive and senior pastor, um, and we outlined, all right, we need these areas to grow. And so it's like, all right, I want my parent relationships to grow. I want my volunteer base to grow. I want my students to to feel leadership. And so uh, I've identified these areas, and then create achievable goals to get your team behind it. So um, for me, uh, I was. It's like, what do I need to do to get more parent involvement? Well, uh, I want to create better communication with them. And so that's a goal. And uh, I want to uh, host classes that provide more resources for them. So I need to plan and schedule and work on those. And so what does that look like to set goals and grow your ministry? So our ministry is a lot different. Um, it requires a lot. Uh, let's run through these three areas that we can create systems in our lives personally to help grow our ministry. Number one is creating a system of accountability um, to grow us and to keep us accountable so that we are not stagnant. Number two is creating a system of support personally and in your ministry. Um, have people supporting you and your spiritual growth and then have people supporting your ministry in areas that you could use help. And then finally, create a system of growth, uh, create systems that help you grow personally um, as, as a human, uh, as a pastor, as a leader, and then create systems that help you grow uh, your ministry, that, that set standards and allow you to uh, see the areas that you need to grow in. So that is all I've got for you guys. That is it for this system series. Thank you so much for listening. I, mean, I cannot wait to see you guys again next week. I'll see you later. Bye.